Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. I'm Rainy. Hi. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, y'all. How are you today, Rainy? I'm okay. Thanks, Corinne. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. You're feeling crazy? <laughs> I'm feeling crazy. It's okay. All right. <sighs> Just feeling a little bit insane. COVID's a thing. Mm-hmm it's a thing i mean i went on a big giant rant about fucking trying to get a vaccine the other day yeah um also speaking of vaccines i know your neighborhood is eligible technically but it's a hot spot Mm -hmm. um so they also opened up hot spots around our area oh yeah um and our friends who live literally less than a five minute walk away from us were like, we're eligible for the vaccine. And I was like, woo. And then she sent me the postal code and, or the article. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, what? It's a different postal code than like our postal code. Right. Um, and I looked it up like on the um, Google Maps and yeah. we are literally two houses oh. out of the hotspot um, code. So I was like, fuck off (laughs) but apparently like they she sent me a message at like 7 a.m with all the information Mm -hmm. and by like noon Danica and I were looking at it again and they had paused it because they were so overwhelmed with people trying to sign up for vaccines (sighs) what's going on it's like I I'm gonna hire more people for vaccine rollout or just like like do better like Ford goes on the air and like a live tv broadcast and just goes, anybody in a hotspot is eligible at 18 plus and right. here they are. Mm-hmm. None of those clinics were set up. None of those like community centers were set up. They had no information. Nobody knew what's going on. The information mm-hmm. on the provincial website is different than the information on people's like individual sites. And it's mm-hmm. not all one booking system. It's right. like, I tried to book last night for my, vac- my vaccination in my hotspot neighborhood. And the website's telling me that even though I'm in a postal code, I can't book if I'm over 50, but the provincial, but the provincial website's telling me I can. And then the like Twitter of that community center, who's like helping, like trying to keep people like getting vaccinated is saying that I can. And it's just like, like literally bananas of like, and it feels like it makes me so angry because I have the ability to sit here in front of my computer and like search Twitter all day and like have a good understanding of what I'm reading, I think. Mm what if you like don't what if you it's just like gonna it's so inaccessible so inaccessible yeah it's and it's not gonna help the people that actually need to get vaccinated they're actually working right now even though we're in a stay-at-home order even though only things that are running are essential like those people are Mm -hmm. having problems getting vaccinated and it's just like boggles my mind it makes me so angry that I just like can't handle it yeah it's (sighs) so frustrating the whole vaccine rollout for all of Canada is a disaster and just a short story time for everyone on my parents are in their 70s my dad had to call and make the vaccine appointment for them in Manitoba and the person on the phone told them that there was no vaccines being given in all of Brandon Manitoba and my dad was like that's no he's like oh uh, Winnipeg Convention Center cool and hi Lukey (laughs) You're looking good. Sorry, Lucas just walked into our recording <laughs> session and his hair looks insane. He just woke up. Um, 
So yeah, my dad called. They were like, oh, there's no vaccine place. They're not giving vaccines in Brandon, only at Winnipeg Convention Center and um, this one in the Paw. My dad's like, that's completely inaccurate. <laughs> Yeah, and the and the woman was like, "Okay, let me go check. Let me go check." And she was like trying to book it, and then she kept getting confused. And then she booked my dad for Winnipeg, my mom for Brandon, and then my dad had to be like, "No, both of us Saturday, Brandon." And this was like right before Easter. And she was like, "Okay, okay, okay, I got it." The appointment comes a week later. My dad, it's Friday. My dad literally walks off the golf course and looks at his phone and he's got a message from the government that's like your vaccine is in an hour make sure you have this and this blah 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 and he had gotten it while he was on the course so he got it 15 minutes before he had to be in a different city because he was out of the city golfing to get his vaccine and it was the day before he had scheduled it for both of them remember he was trying to schedule for both of them right so they call, they're like rushing around. They're trying to like figure out like, oh my gosh, we're going to make our vaccine appointment. Like what, did she get confused and book us on Friday? Is it a Saturday? Blah. No, they finally get a hold of the, of like the office. She booked my dad for Friday and my mom for Saturday, two separate times. So like the people that are running the vaccine, like God bless them. But like, that's a paying job. People are getting paid to do that. And if you don't know like what, we need to have people like actually paying attention when they're booking people in for vaccines. Cause now Ugh. my dad's not getting the vaccine for another two weeks. Right. So it's just like, it's completely unacceptable how this vaccine rollout has been done by the Canadian government. I know. I just like the, and it's so, it's so frustrating from like a personal standpoint as well. Mm. Um, but I just like, I don't think anybody has information, you know, no. I think we're all just fucking struggling and like, like I feel if I'm able to book an appointment tonight for my vaccine, I almost feel bad about getting it because I'm like, I was able, like, I was like, had the ability to do it in the sense of like, I am sitting on my computer 10 minutes before the portal opens. I'm not at work. I'm like, you know, ugh. and I just like, it's like the hunger games. It's like a free for all fight for vaccinations right now. And I, yeah, makes me feel really icky. And you shouldn't feel bad about getting the vaccine. I think that you should just get the vaccine and be like thankful for the vaccine, but don't feel bad about it because like, just like use your information to help other people get it then, you know, like you have been doing. I don't think you should feel bad about it. I know. I just don't want to fly home for my sister's wedding and not be vaccinated. I know. You know? Listen, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, little vaccine rant for you on Tuesday morning. Welcome. Um, we have a couple new Patreons. Yes. If you don't know what that platform is, Patreon is where you can go. You get access to um, a bunch of exclusive content from Gal Pals. You get the podcast through video. You get video essays. You get a five on five. You get pictures. You get behind the scenes from photo shoots, behind the scenes from interviews, little bloopers. You get all types of of extra footage and exclusive content um, from mm -hmm. Gal Pals by donating a dollar to $30 to as much as you need to a month. Yeah. Um, so we have a new couple Patreons. We have the wonderful, exquisite Kate Knox. Oh, what a dream boat. Man, if you haven't gone to Kate Knox's um, Instagram or her OnlyFans, go check it out right now. She yes. is doing something so special and so specific with OnlyFans. It's like so artistic. It's it's amazing. Just go check it out. Like uh, it's 
it's beautiful. And all the clips she's been posting to like her Instagram feed, et cetera. It's so mm-hmm. stylized, so specific to her taste. And, and she's just really killing it and really like taking the time this past year to like grow that kind of like gallery and like video content. So definitely go check her OnlyFans out. Totally. We also have Aiden Tooth, who you would have heard maybe a month ago on the podcast. She is a wonderful photographer and dancer who I had the privilege of living with in Berlin when we were both there a couple summers ago. Um, And she's really done something amazing, I think, in this last year of the pandemic where, you know, all performers were kind of forced to take a break. And she turned her dedication and her passion into a thriving photography business. Like she's killing it. Stunning. Yeah. She's doing a really good job. Um, She's just like blowing the fuck up on TikTok, on Instagram, on every single platform. So Mm -hmm. it's so nice to see like one of our friends really thriving during the pandemic. Totally. Mm -hmm. And we thank all of our Patreons all the time. And if you decide to become a Patreon, you'll become, become part of the gang. Yay. Girl gang. Girl gang. Um, okay. This week we have Carla Catherwood, an entrepreneur, her, if you her. will, <laughs> her CEO, um, originator, um, life coach now. Um, but she created army of sass. Uh, we have a very long, very interesting conversation about the long life from start to finish of Army of Sass. Um, she's excellent. Definitely follow her on Instagram. So this interview is just, it makes you feel good. She's such an inspiring person. And the like, there's people in your life who you know who are just like sparkle people. Like they're just like <laughs> human glitter. And they, she, Carla is is lit is that for me she's just like a sparkle person she saw she like shines a little bit brighter mm-hmm. she like everything is like a little bit of dust of glitter and sheen when she's around and she's just so inspirational yeah and she like hypes you up yeah she was such a hype woman it was nice <laughs> she was so nice definitely someone you need needed a time like this so thank yes. you for listening and let us know what you think here we go carla thank you so much for joining us it's been we're so excited. Um, you are the, like the founder, the creator, the inspiration choreographer behind the army of SAS platform. Yes. Yes. Um, so we have a couple questions just about that. First of all, being like an entrepreneur, being a woman, being a mom, how, how long did army of SAS go from start to finish? Well, Army of Sass was a lot of things before mm-hmm. it was Army of Sass. And mm-hmm. any creator or any creative mm-hmm. person knows that, you know, often what we set out to do just evolves and builds into totally. something else. Mm-hmm. So really that body of work was started in 2004. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> And in Toronto or where did it, where no. was the original so location? I'm originally from Vancouver. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. So I started this girl group called the Burlesque Beauties. And I mean, it, there was no nudity or anything like that. It was just very like, um, you know, pussycat dolls, but mm-hmm. like before they were a singing group, like cab, like cabaret style, like yeah. no singing. Trust me. You don't want to hear me say it. <laughs> um, 
or any of my friends at the time that were, <laughs> were in that group. And yeah, so it was just this, this girl group. And then we would do, put on these shows and people would come, you know, my friends or girlfriends would come and be like, you know, I want to learn how to do that. Like you should teach. And I was, I've been a dance teacher since I was 13. So it's like, well, I'm a dance teacher. Yeah, I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I just started teaching these classes. And next thing you know, I went from like, you know, workshops here and there mm. to like, mm, well, like a weekly class and then eventually like progressives, you know, mm. four week progressives and where they learn like a whole routine. And it mm. was often very much catered towards women without or or people that identified as women, um, you know, that don't really have a dance background. And then I started creating more of like a elite kind of performance crew. And then it evolved and I moved to Toronto and, and I was going to do, I had these cabaret shows and, and I had my, my classes. I got in a car accident, like literally the day before I went to, I like officially moved to Toronto, tore all the muscles in my ribs. I was, uh, yeah, like I had a bunch of things lined up. I was managed at the time by Wayne Samuels of Dudat Entertainment. Shout out to Wayne Samuels. He's still a G. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, he opened a lot of doors for me. I'm forever grateful for that. And, um, and yeah, yeah, we were looking more as, as still as a dancer. And I just like, I couldn't like imagine doing one rib roll when all of your muscles are torn in your, any part of your ribs. So I just like called up my mom one day and I just was crying. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I just moved here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some money saved, but I'm a broke 29 year old dancer and I don't (laughs) not that much so right yeah rock on on. um yeah yeah rock on for sure and and she was like well you know you're doing your cabaret shows right I was like yeah she's like well you're teaching your classes right yeah she's like well why don't you put your do a progressive and and put your students in your shows and I was like that's a really good idea I was like, how did I never think about that? I was like, I really like that. And she's like, just keep doing the other things and mm-hmm. concentrate on choreography, concentrate on, on the behind the scenes and, and, you know, teaching, just get yourself an assistant. She just was like, my mom is so awesome. She just straight up was like, came in and was like, what about something like this? What about that? What else do you think is possible? You know? And I literally like stopped crying immediately, hung up the phone and just like started at it. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So it started, so the training program of like what people knew AOS to be, like you train for a certain amount of weeks and then there's this big performance at the end that all the different levels come together and dance in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, yeah. So if anyone's listening, that is like, what is Army of Sass? I was just going to ask. (laughs) We should explain that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Let's talk about you. So Army of Sass was... Um, a dance, a heels dance program for adults. Mm-hmm. So the basis of it is that it's a training and performance program, meaning you train for a series of 10 weeks. So you get like two hours a week. So the first hour was always dedicated towards like drills, foundations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an old school jazz teacher. Like mm-hmm. that, that part of me, I will still come into a studio. I'll whoop your butt. <laughs> you Across trust. the floor. Yeah. Trust. <laughs> Trust. I like I may not be able to do it anymore, but I'll be that lady in a seat, like with a whip, yeah. <laughs> with, with like who knows what in her coffee mug, and like yelling at people. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> there's always a few of those out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like the first hour is all about the foundations and, and drills and, and all that kind of stuff, no matter what level you're in. And the second hour is, is, learning choreography that's continuous that you would build on these either one piece or multiple pieces depending on the level Mm -hmm. and then everyone would come together and perform in these theme shows so be like Mm. 90s throwback you know the Grinch but make it sexy (laughs) (laughs) somehow we always did you know yeah we had like a Wizard of Oz theme you know like Snow White theme there was just like a lot of you know pop culture pulls that we we always drew from and mm-hmm. that I just thought could be remixed and redone for more of the feminine culture right uh, adult so culture when it became army of sass in Toronto mm-hmm. what year was that army of sass I it get to be honest the beginning gets a bit blurry I'm like it was so long ago and right. I was just, just like la 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 just thinking like this and like that you know like uh, I want to say because at first it was called Nouveau Burlesque Performance and Training Group okay mm. so like I said you know this 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 heels dance program that started in in Toronto in 2010 beforehand it was this you know girl group right and then these Nouveau Burlesque classes and then it was and then it evolved into this training program that I think I want to say in 2011 okay mm. that's when the name came I want to say like early, like, I don't know, sometime in 2011, that's when Army of Sass came. I was literally at a studio and it was the first time I had, because I started with like nine girls Mm. in the program and then it grew to like 11 and then like 15 and then like 17 and then like 20 and then all of a sudden like there were like 35 and I was like, whoa. And I just remember seeing like this wave of of really powerful and beautiful mm. and fabulous women just strutting towards me <laughs> and and my and I knew I was looking for a new name because I was like it was just like it doesn't work for this mm-hmm. so um I was uh, standing beside my assistant at the time Megan Nora who I still love and adore to this day um you know she she's standing by my side and I looked at her I was like man that looks like an army of sass and I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's, <laughs> I just like, gra- I think I like grabbed her and I was like, that's the name, like yeah. a crazy person. And she was like, oh my God, yes. You know, just like <laughs> so excited. I was like, yes, Done. Army of Sass, boom, yeah. let's do this. And it's just Army of Sass. Yeah, trademarked yeah. All, all over the places. <laughs> yeah. It still is. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's how it, that's how it evolved. Cool. And then it expanded so quickly. I, I feel like, like you said, 2011 was like what you think maybe was the name, but mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it was not only in Toronto, it was in all over Canada. Yeah. Well, you know, the dance world's so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, any industry is, that's very specific is it, mm-hmm. just small, no matter what industry you're in. Of course. And, uh, you know, I had connections at that point. I'm, you know, early thirties you know, I've got connections across Canada from, mm-hmm. you know, being a professional dancer, you know, living in different places, doing mm-hmm. contracts or tours, or, you know, just mm-hmm. having my friends from Vancouver move to other or Toronto move to other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just was a natural progression. So mm-hmm. the first uh, satellite location was Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Of course, I already of course. had a following there. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of my students 
was moving back to van from Toronto. So I just like trained her up a bit and off we went to the races. And yeah, so it started off with one other one in van, van and then it moved, you know, to, I had contacts in Kelowna and Penticton and Calgary. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, this is really a thing. And okay, we'll just jump right back in though, Carla, you were saying that you, about the vulnerability of, or the yeah. values like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there were, there, there was a manager I was working with at the time and, and just her, her perspective on how things should be run through the business just did not match with my values and just mm. how she was handling certain things. Because listen, people can be great and all, you know, fabulous and lovely until there's a conflict and it's all how yes. you handle conflict. Mm-hmm. And if you straight up lie to my face, you straight up try and throw me under the bus and then try and threaten me, cut. You're out. I will ne- I just will not give you another second of my life. So did you have a manager that was doing that while you were in the like expansion part of Army of Sound? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I had a few people I was working with that just was like, mm, no, oh, one tried to get, had me sign this contract. That with, without even like giving me the right to like fi- get a, a lawyer to look at it and was like oh it's fine it's fine I didn't know what I was signing was this oh, yeah, before or after you franchised before mm. all these like shy these two shisty um business relationships were before I really built the licensing model now the right. licensing model that people know army of SAS to have been that was built off of the back of me being screwed so many times that I, I was just like one no to me right and no for my community and I want to build something that provides people like myself an opportunity to actually build something and actually make money and actually mm-hmm. have a good time doing it and have the creativity and the freedom to do it right. and so these people coming in that are money hungry power hungry just energy just like energy vampires I'm like just get out out this is not yours like you mm-hmm. jumped on this bandwagon because you see it's hot mm-hmm. cool. totally but don't come in and think that you're gonna just like take over because this is my baby mm-hmm. and mama don't mama don't play mm, totally and I- people often they often take like when you really get to know me I'm like we're talking like business stuff that's that's yeah. one thing. and it took me a while to really own that voice as well mm-hmm and it took moments of people really testing my, my values and my integrity. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are two things I just will not budge on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do not need to explain myself to these people. And I don't need to complain to other people. I'm just like, cut by moving on. Yeah. And that's just how I roll. As far as like, I can, could see in the dance community in Toronto, army of sass and like your heels. I don't troop. Is that not, not the right word? group yeah like performance and training program yeah Yeah. your your especially that style of dance was the first one yeah right and it was the first one to go big Mm, and so everything else that came after was like working off a similar model Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) how do you feel but you know you know know what looking back um (laughs) I think there were definitely moments you know to me it's not always it's not always what you do, it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, without naming names, there's some people that like 
there's people that I am in quote, you know, army of SAS was in quote unquote competition with that right. was, a, that were complete allies and friends. Mm-hmm. And we would connect and talk and we would, you know, me mm-hmm. Kayla Falloon like this. Who's Kayla Falloon? Uh, Hot Hot no, 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 not what? hot heels. Oh, oh. sensual healing. Sensual, sensual healing. healing. Sensual yeah, healing. not hot and heels. Sorry, wrong one. Yeah, no. And then there, you know, there's other programs or people where it's like they're just they're they literally you can see that they're look literally looking at what you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it, what you're saying, and just just there's just certain ways that certain programs went about things. I think in the past, and I don't even know what they're up to now and, and all the best to everyone in all honesty, especially right now. Um, mm. But at the time, it's, you know, like I said, it, it's not always what you do, it's how you do it. And totally. And, you know, all I ever concentrated on was what I was doing. Mm. And my job always was to look 10 steps ahead, not mm. to look at what any, like every once in a while, look around and see what's happening, like a competitive analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What's everyone doing? Is there anything that we're, we could be stepping up doing cool? Um, but like, there was never any, like, I just was like, what is that next thing that just doesn't even exist? Mm-hmm. To me, the perfect, the perfect like flow of creativity is you need to look at what's out there. You need to look at what's, you know, you know, what's out there and then ask yourself what's not being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and do that. Totally. And I think you just like encapsulated such like an interesting part about the creative industry, which is you can be competitive without being a dick. Like yes, you can have a competitive sense. nature to you and just be like, okay, like you can be a competitive person, still be a lovely person. But like you said, do a competitive analysis. What, where are their holes missing? Where, um, what aren't they doing? What's working for them? You can do that kind of like competitive analysis and be a competitive person, but that doesn't mean you have to be a competitive jerk. Doesn't mean you yes. have to like bring people down to still be a competitive person. Like I often hear those terms, that competitive term, like placed in different areas, like in a negative way, like, well, they're just like a really competitive person when they're being like talking behind someone's back or talking trash or whatever the situation, but like Mm -hmm. competitive is actually a really nice quality for a person to have, but it also needs that you need to be a good person. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the question is, who are you being competitive with? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's where people need to look. I mean, this industry needs to look deep within because there's a lot of dirty corners mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about people I'm talking about the entire industry it's like there's a lot of dirty corners in in the entertainment industry in general mm-hmm. uh, but if we're talking about dance yes um, and just you know yeah like who are you being competitive with and mm-hmm. to me I was always my own competitor mm-hmm. yeah and sure I'll take a look around but it's almost like you can't I don't know I just like can't take it too seriously like competing like what is this like step up like <laughs> <laughs> the movie honey totally. and we're like battling <laughs> you watch those dance scenes now this is my t- this is my turf like <laughs> they're the so fuck? bad like get out of here like this is not like we are not that serious like no. people need to calm down <laughs> and if you want to compete with anything you need to continue yes be inspired by other people but if you're gonna compete against anyone compete against yourself and wake up every day do your goddamn drills, get mm-hmm. to your classes, practice in your apartment, practice in your four by four space in mm-hmm. COVID goddamn times and just get on with it. Totally. Because right. that's what's going to make someone amazing. And I also want to say you just like put the nail, like nailed it on the head is that there's a difference between looking around and being inspired 
-hmm. and then doing it the way that you do it versus like looking around and doing something exactly the way that someone else is going to do it. Yeah. Right. Which is, I mean, in all honesty, hard. Yes. Yes. And well, that's where my encouragement to the younger gen or even the hell, the older generation too. all of you guys listening is look at what's out there. Sure. Be inspired and take the little, little sparkles that are really like call to you. And then ask yourself what's missing from this. Mm -hmm. And that's where innovation comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, army of SAS didn't, didn't blow up within, you know, the few years and stick around and continue to grow, 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 grow. I mean, the pandemic murdered the entire industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that Mm -hmm. a little bit, but, um, you know, it's, you know, it didn't, it didn't just do that because of anything other than I just always looked outside of what was there and sure people would come in and start doing the same thing Mm -hmm. or, or would literally like take my copy. I've had to, I can't tell you how many times I've had to email or have my lawyers email people. They just being like friendly note, this is copyright infringement. Just create your own write up. Mm. you know like just your own copy that's so funny Corinne do you want to tell the story no you go for it uh we had somebody do the exact same thing oh now I know I didn't know what instance you were talking about but yeah yeah we had a like a podcast like a very popular I guess podcast in come after us and we met with them to interview them and they stole our exact uh bio blurb and like how we describe our show and took everything like Mm -hmm. like word for word that's and we had to send them an email and I mean we didn't like I mean we don't have lawyers right now so (laughs) like we didn't have to have our lawyer but we contacted them and we were like hey hey this this is is why weird I like had screenshots like side by side yeah Yeah. and I was away at the time because I was doing competition choreography at a studio in Manitoba Mm -hmm. and Corinne sent me a message and was like losing her mind, <laughs> which I understand. Like I like hadn't seen it yet. And we just had to like send an email and just be like, you know, just so you know, this is, ex- and we like showed screenshots of the exact mm-hmm. kind of like how we described the podcast, how they're all of a sudden describing their podcast. And the person's response was like, I mean, it was kind of fake, but it, it was very like, oh, like it must've been subconscious. I don't know. I didn't mean to do it. Mm. I didn't mean to copy and paste. (laughs) (laughs) Friendly reminder. I really didn't mean to copy and paste, but it just like happened. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I just didn't have control of my hands. Sorry. Like, and what like threw me for a loop with that specific situation is like that person was on our show, had asked us about advice about starting a podcast because they wanted to. And then after they'd been on our show and their episode had been released, they started their own show and used our copy of our show. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, so y'all, you know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at what's out there and ask yourself what's missing and do that. And well, the hard thing is, is that most people don't realize what it takes to really develop and create something from inception that Mm -hmm. is its own entity its own Mm -hmm. breath of life Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot and it takes not only a lot of time effort energy creativity it just it takes consistent work Mm 
And, and often people just, you know, they get overwhelmed and they just do what is easy and in front of them. And they don't, like, if you're not in a position to really slowly build with intention and pure intention of something that is naturally coming from you, you should not build it. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to, you know, work with somebody or collaborate because you just don't know how to build the framework, you know, volunteer for them, yeah. figure out how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and it's so, it's so hard because, you know, people aren't born bad on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like all of us are born in the same pure form. Like mm-hmm. that's just, it's, it's truth. It's fact. We all just, we come from the same place. We end up going to same place, wherever the hell that is. And, you know, and, um, you know, these people aren't, aren't bad people. They're just looking for an easy way out. So people need to stop being so goddamn lazy with their creativity and you need to be more intentional Yeah, and, uh, pull up your socks and do it or get the fuck out. Totally. Yeah. It looks cheesy as fuck. And, and it's not, you know what I mean? Like those people that quote unquote, copy you or copy what AOS was or copy this person people already always see it Mm -hmm. so like it's no poor reflection on on you know you ladies or myself or I'm like I don't worry about other people's flailings let's just say that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just concentrated on on building and developing and moving forward and living my best fucking life right that's it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Right. And like you said, being in competition with yourself, how can I make? Yeah. Totally. Cause that's, what's yeah. going like, to push you forward. That's, what's going to make you better, make you yeah. more popular, you know? Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. yo, dance competitions, even on their own, you know, rain, you said you adjudicated. So you get it. Like I, there was a point where I was pregnant with my daughter in 2016, spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm super pregnant with my daughter. I'm doing one of those weekend competitions. I'm adjudicating. Mm-hmm. And I'm already like, oh, so much of this is inappropriate. And this girl comes out, she's like 11. Uh, she's a teenager. She comes out and she's doing a, a point solo. One, she should not have been on point shoes, let me tell no. you. And that, again, it's not the child's fault. No. It's, it's not never the child's fault. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it's one of those ones where you like got the microphone. Yeah. And she comes out and she does. And I was like, Okay. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm always about what's constructive and, you know, totally. how can we build children's or people's confidence? Mm-hmm. I'm all about like helping people build their confidence because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like, okay, I want you to lift up and pull, you know, like, yeah. giving my notes and whatever it was. She pops down to second position in point and just with her tutu and does a booty pop, like four booty pops out of nowhere. And like, does this like, <laughs> and like starts doing the rest of her ballet solo. And I was like, I don't even know what just happened. I just was, hmm. I just stood there with the microphone, like. <laughs> what? It was like I a classical under, point solo and that's what happened. Classical I, feel, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> one of her friends dared her to do it or something. I don't oh, know what happened. Okay. I don't, I don't even know if it was classical music. It could have been a different form mm. of music. Mm. All I know is that I just was like, no, not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> 
And this is what dance competitions are coming. And you see all these like kids like going out like, like booty shaking and like twerking. And I'm like, I don't want to see six-year-olds twerking. Like, I'm just like, I can't. And right. like the hours and like the weird, like the, you know, the competition leaders, like this studio needs to get this kind of award. And, and like this, <laughs> like, like, yo, this shit is rigged. Insane. And it's like, not it's... full rigged, but it's like, it, but they're like, I've worked for enough. And they're trust, they're all like this, where it's yeah. like, okay, you know, we gotta show a little love over here, we gotta do a little show a little love over here. And some are more mm-hmm. intense than others about these subjects. But um yeah, yeah. like it's just comp like the whole competition world. It's yeah. it's such it's a strange crazy. yeah. I stopped and I, after that. I was like, no. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, we have so much to talk about. I don't want to dwell on, on like the, what I was talking about with the competitions, but like, it, it's so weird because like my mom owns a studio. And so I like grew up in that atmosphere, but I also grew up at Royal and Pig Ballet. So I like had both of those kind of like experiences in terms of my like dance education. Um, but when I go back now, it's, I like, I have severe anxiety going back for the competitions because it's the studios are, it's, an insane environment. It's not healthy. And people will often be like, oh, well, like you could always. And I'm like, absolutely not. That like would that I feel like I would have a heart attack at age 35 if I like ran a studio. Like the energy is so negative all the time. Even though like a lot of people try to be positive. And you know, my mom, bless her soul, is like one of the most like positive, warm people I, I know. But it's yeah. still the environment that it's everything, you know, it's the competition environment. It's the, uh, the idea of like body empowerment environment. It's everything that comes with being a dancer in a, like a studio setting in any setting that can be extremely, extremely traumatic for all people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like you said, it's just kind of bullshit. And I've been having like this like reflection period mm-hmm. in the past week when I have realized that like we've really lost the, the dance world has really lost, um, the true meaning of like why we dance I think with like when we're like just blinded by dollar bills Um, yeah and I I think it's like really I'm curious why do you ladies dance sorry Corinne do you want to go do you want me to Um, go first I was I had to think about that question because I think my answer has changed in the last year you know Mm -hmm. and I think my answer has changed from when I was little when I was in school um why I moved to Toronto like that answer's long, I think, but I mean, I started dancing when I was six because I literally remember this moment. My mom, we were like in the backyard and my mom, she'll probably correct me if I, this is wrong, but I remember her asking if I wanted to take a dance class and then she made me choose. She's like, well, you can only take one. Do you want to take jazz or tap? And I was like, answered jazz. Like, and that was the moment when I started. Mm-hmm. And so and I loved it as a kid, hated competition. Mm-hmm. We did the whole, like the whole thing. And then when it came to like graduating high school and deciding what I wanted to do to, at university, I was like, oh, well, I could go get a business degree because I like have good grades and could do it. Or I could take a dance program because that's all I know and love. Mm-hmm. But then also my idea of dance shifted a lot in university. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then you when place I, like a grade on it. Yeah, you place a grade yeah. on it. You're like valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like Rainy and I talk about this all the time. It's like very, like depending on the school, the aesthetic is very 
specific. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fit that aesthetic as a dancer, you just like don't do well. Mm. Yeah. And so then it's like, also like, why was I dancing in a system that didn't value me as a dancer? Right. And then I moved to Toronto. And then my idea of why I was dancing, I don't know, because I guess this is, wow, this is a really long answer. <laughs> it's okay. Take it's your okay. Time. I feel like you're finding something in it. So keep, keep going. <laughs> I like I guess like at each stage it's because I love it yeah it's just the reasons why I love it have changed over time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah why mm-hmm. do you love it now hmm. I'm having a hard time loving it right now to be honest mm-hmm. okay um we all go through that I just think that's because I can't be with people to do it like I have no interest in doing it by myself in my apartment <laughs> none literally Yay. none Carla <laughs> Like I have no, (laughs) no, I have no interest in that. And I think that's because I like crave community and I crave like collaboration and I get a lot of my inspiration from, and like creative energy from other people. Mm -hmm. And like what I want to do with dance is like produce and make films and choreograph. And I don't love doing that on myself or on my own, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. I love to take other people's community. Yeah. And I love to take other people's ideas and help them make it happen awesome you know mm-hmm. and I think well, there that's you like go. the producer in me you know yeah yeah, so yeah. The pro- producing of of the dance mm-hmm. yeah You're, you know what with every pain point there's a purpose point right you know so the pain point is that right now you can't be with community but the purpose point is that you know that that's where you you want to be right. when mm-hmm. it's time because it will eventually be time when that is good God, who knows? But yeah. you know, it's another conversation. But, but you know what? It's at least it's a it's it's a beacon. It's mm-hmm. it's that it's right. that light at the end of of that little tunnel, and that we're all in. And at least you know where that target is, mm-hmm. and you can begin to develop what that looks like. And that's really exciting, Corinne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, why do I love dance? I love how it makes me feel. I like movement. I like how it makes my muscles feel. I agree with Corinne that a huge part of dance for me is the community and being around people and moving with people. There's like some sort of energy that you have when you're like with a group of people moving in the same way and the same form. And that is just like, you don't really know until you're in it. And I feel like it's a hard experience to to emulate for other people that don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I just like, lo- I like the idea of like music and I like the idea of like how words and sounds and different movements impact my body in different ways. Um, I also like that it allows me to take on like different characters and different, depending on how I'm feeling, it can come out in such a different way. And different um, feeling, different energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I've always been like obsessed with the idea of being present. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's no being present um, while you're dancing or while you're performing is like, is to me is like how to be present, just like take every, taking in all of the information. I, I find it hard sometimes when I'm doing anything else or even like having conversations to be as present as possible. But when I'm dancing, I feel so present and like taking in all the information, putting out what needs to be put out, being super aware of, you know, like what's happening around me. It just like gives me a whole 
different like understanding that I don't get when I'm just like walking down the street. So that's why I love it. But community, it's just so hard right now. I mean, like the pandemic and I mean, you know, this, you've had to go through so much with like the entire industry, my business, losing your business. So like, yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, how did you come to the decision that it, it was time to stop? Yeah. So just, you know, rewind a moment just to give people, I realized I'm like, I don't think I really truly explained AOS to the, to the degree of which it was pumping out, you know, a year ago. And so in 2010, I really started the programming and then 2015, I started the licensing model that people knew of. Mm -hmm. Um, and it started, you know, with one location, then two, then three, then when I started in 2015, there were, there were 13. And then we, at our peak, it was like 31 or 32 locations throughout Canada and a few in the U.S. And I was starting to expand throughout the U.S. And my whole mission with that licensing model was to provide dancepreneurs the opportunity or dancers the opportunity to become their own entrepreneur. So essentially to become dancepreneurs. And if they were passionate about heels dancing and productions and, and being creative and hosting and running community, this was the business model for them because it provided a lot of freedom. And that's why it was never a franchise because you cannot franchise creativity. It doesn't work like that. That's why it was always a licensing model. So here, here's the syllabus. Here's how we suggest that you run it, go be free. Here are the shows. You can mix and match it how you want, do your own choreography, trade choreography with other locations or choreographers. Like we always really encouraged people to collaborate and come together because everyone was one community yet everyone was separate and and had their own space to do it in Mm -hmm. and yeah so we were from Vancouver Toronto Calgary Newfoundland Mm -hmm. Hawaii we had New York we had Chicago like there's just like Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of locations that were living and breathing and doing their thing and then the pandemic hit and and just like the snap of a finger out of nowhere, the one, you know, the one base business model that seemed to work for so long, just all of a sudden did not work because everyone had different things going on. I mean, we, we came to the table with, we had everyone up on online within two weeks. Mm -hmm. We had, you know, 30 locations up and online within two weeks. It's Mm -hmm. wild. Um, luckily it already did an online platform. So we were already set up. So it was just a matter of setting up the 30 locations. Yeah. Okay. So that's what took two weeks. But in the meantime, I actually already had pre-existing stuff that like the next week after the pandemic, like the shutdown happened, we had classes, we had things going out to them already just Mm -hmm. to make sure that our members and our community kept, you know, kept going Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it kept going and it kept going and more and more it realized it's like there's no one way to do this anymore mm-hmm. not only that but people are losing money left right and center and not mm-hmm. just me but also the licensees like they can't afford to be paying licensing no. fees and, and I can't even be asking them for it but mm-hmm. if I can't charge money then I can't run a business and then mm-hmm. it, there she goes you know right mm-hmm. so it's of no fault other than there was just no money coming in to continue forward. Mm -hmm. So I really looked at it in a perspective of, you know, I knew how far I'd come in my journey 
with this particular project. I already knew I was, I was towards the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I was already looking to kind of wrap up. Yeah. Like, what do I do with this? Right. Like I already mm, knew I was looking to evolve and move forward in my own way. Yeah. And the universe just really kind of nailed the cause, you know, mm -hmm. last nail. Yeah. Last mm -hmm. nail in the coffin. And, and really I went as far as I could financially mm -hmm. to just keep my team members on, um, to, to keep the location, to keep every, just the wheels turning and pumping. And, um, yeah, then just, you know, there was every business has got to know what their bottom line is. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I knew what my bottom line was and I hit it and it was like, it's time. Yeah, we, we tried as much as we could and we never knew when things were going to turn around or if they, you know what I mean? So yeah, mm -hmm. I just, I gifted the syllabus to all the licensees. I just said, basically I gave, gave them all the shows. I gave them the whole show library. I was like, take everything, just call it something different, make it be whatever you want it to be. My yeah. whole motivation behind everything, like I said, was to educate was to create, was to pay it forward. And I'll mm -hmm. still, like, I still am motivated by that. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what else to do, but just give it to them, mm -hmm. cut my losses, time to move on as gracefully as possible. Yeah. yeah. So when the cool, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> um, when you said you were, you were kind of coming to, to the terms that you were, you were feeling it was time to move on before mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. Um, was that like you were thinking about either selling it and not running it? Were you thinking about putting it on a pause? I was um, in the process of, of selling it. Okay. And then but it became unsellable after the pandemic. Well, I didn't even feel like it just didn't even, it just yeah. wasn't, it was, ne there were two moments and they both just were not right. Mm. Not only that, I would have, you know, looking back would have been like, Oh God, can you imagine I sold that? And then this happened, like, you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm sure like some, I, I mean, anxiety as well, because like, like you said, this is your baby. And as much as you like want to sell it to someone who has the exact same values as you, who also like yeah. wants to like educate, you have to find the right person. And, and they, and it was, that wants to yeah. buy it too, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's, it, I mean, listen, money is always figure outable yeah. when it's a profitable business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there it's, that's always figure outable on the way out, but it just was never, I thought I, I thought I had found somebody within the organization and, and th I mean, the pandemic, it's been very challenging to a lot of people and it just showcased kind of their, you know, stress test essentially. Mm. And no, they were not ready to take it on. And mm. there was just no one, no one person to pass, even just to give it to, you know, like, yeah. and also it just, yeah, like it just got a little like, no, it just, mm. it, it just was time. I was like, it's, right, totally. everyone's just on so much their own path. There's no one way to rein this in. And I just had to respect the process. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I have so much love and admiration for everyone that's continuing on right now during this pandemic. And, you know, BC just got shut down again, Toronto, I mean, Ontario, for the most part, Toronto, I mean, we've been shut down since time, it feels like. <laughs> since time. <laughs> since since time. the beginning of and, time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, I, I really, really, 
I, my hats go off to anyone that's really fighting the good fight right now. And, you know, I just, I personally, I just knew where I was and I went as far as I could go and it Mm -hmm. was just time to release. And there are other things that I'm looking at. I mean, it was a 20 year old body of work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I just turned 40. Um, You know, it's, there's, there's so much more to life than just what we know in front of us. And that was something that I I was beginning to discover more and more and more. I do believe dance will always be a part of who I am and what I do and and what I have to offer. What that looks like in the future, I'm not exactly pinpoint sure in regards to movement and dance. Um, You know, I I, I love it forever. It's it's forever a, a, a moment of coming home, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question like related to that. Are you, I mean, maybe you kind of answered this, but are you considering doing something similar or are you going to leave the market to like fill the void oh. that you've left? Oh, no, I'm not going back to the <laughs> traditional dance market. No way. No way. Um, and the heels thing, yo, my feet are toast. <laughs> my feet are toast. I remember the last Oh my God. I'm not joking. So the last, um, heels (laughs) workshop that I taught as like a teacher, I did like my, my heels teacher retirement. It was like October of 2019. It was one of our big AOS fest events at like celebrities nightclub in Vancouver. (laughs) And it was like, basically it was like a live DJ in these, in these classes and like the lights going. So you feel like you're like in a performance, but you're actually in a class. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and a bunch of different teachers and stuff. So it was my last big workshop I was doing. And right at the end, I literally took off my heels and I fucking chucked them. <laughs> so I was like, my feet can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. I did it. I'm done. You oh. know, went out with a bang. And uh, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm finished with the traditional form. I have a love for functional movement, meaning like I did my bar certification in 2019. I did, um, yeah, um, so I did my bar certification. I actually did my coaching certification as well through the ICF, which I'm still finishing up the last little bit. That one takes, it takes about a year, a year and a half to do. So I am now a certified life and success coach as well. And I mean, you know, I've been teaching and, and helping people since time. So I'm just continuing that forward. Yeah. That's cool. Um, kind of based on what you just said, I mean, you, you don't really seem to be a person that has a problem saying no, and you don't seem to be a person that has like, like you're, when you're done, you're done. And you know that a lot, I like, well, I just know from my, and a lot of people that are creatives, I think have a really hard time either saying goodbye or being like, no, I can't do that. But that's not your problem. You seem to be like very sure that when you know it's done, it's done. And how it's do you- It's almost like an inner compass. Yeah. It's a gut. You think it's a gut feeling for you? Always, yeah. always. So it's interconnection. And that's actually what I'm going in to kind of, not kind of, but to specialize in is interconnection coaching. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I get this from. Mm-hmm. I don't know where or how, what the root is. Eventually, I'm sure I'll figure it out. But um, for now, it's, you know, 
I just, there's something inside of me that I'll, I'll, I'll keep going as far as I can go to explore the deepest portion of it. And I, I do believe that we'll know when it's time. And also it, it's trained as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are whispers. It start you know, there's that saying, oh, it starts out as whispers. Like, I think you're done now. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. It's time to move on to something else. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but like these people need me. And blah, blah, blah. like, there's mm. no one else to do it because for whatever reason, there isn't. Right. And it's like, you know, or whatever right. ex- excuses we're telling ourselves, or we just identify with that particular thing within ourselves for so long that we can't fathom looking Mm -hmm. outside of the identification of something new Mm -hmm. right and what that really means is is leaving and dropping something it's very scary Mm -hmm. you know it it can be you know there's really like it's interesting I really believe that there's like there's a flow for us creatives there's you know Mm -hmm. there's the finding it there's the owning it Mm -hmm. and there's the losing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's the evolving it yeah you press repeat every time Mm -hmm. there's just a constant flow so I think it's just honoring the seasons of which our bodies of work are meant to come through because I mean there's no way let's just use dance as an example there's no way that our bodies can do what our 20 year old bodies used to do at 40 50 60 Mm -hmm. there's something there's like maybe like there's a few unicorns out there cool I mean like like congrats but most of us like are busted up like it's it's not casual Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like okay well what does that flow look like Mm -hmm. yeah I also I mean on that I also think it's important though like I do I I have talks about this with my friends all the time too but like sometimes I think that people there is obviously there are moments that like your body can't go. I completely agree. Your body starts to like get sore. You start to notice things, but people also think sometimes that it, they get one pain and they give into the pain. They give, they give into that age. Does that make sense? They like, will once you start saying that statement, like, Oh, I'm so old. Yeah. And you know what? It was never, for me, it was never, it was never like that. Mm -hmm. I just always had different interests that peaked. Mm-hmm. And then I would just follow that. And the other ones would just fade off. Right. But I would just, yeah. I would, I would follow my curiosity and I would follow what the unknown, like, I don't know what balls I was born with, but like, I seriously, like when I, when I like get these visions, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Like, why not? Like, if, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Like, what do I yeah. have to lose? Like, what do we have to lose by just yeah. like, when we have these visions that come to us as creatives whether it's an idea or a concept or whether it's not what we used to do or it looks different mm-hmm. or functions differently you know so many of us struggle with that that the idea of oh no no, no I can't do that or no I am this mm-hmm. people get too stuck on the identification of one singular thing and and that's fine. Some people are meant to, are really meant, everyone's life journey is just so unique. And so yeah. there's no one way to really, to really tell people how to live their lives other than to follow your instincts mm, and right. to follow your gut, to follow that, you know, the ideas and the visions that keep coming to you because it, 
I do believe that any form of continuous idea or vision that comes to you, it's your purpose. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just following, following that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot to, to think about. Sorry. Um, no, I really resonate with the idea or like the struggle of how you identify yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. As I think it's something, especially like pre, like something during the pandemic that I think a lot of people are, are having to come to terms with right and even so we're evolving bodies of work too Mm -hmm. totally and the more that we can just own that and go oh wow this is just like a rapid case of growth Mm -hmm. like we just got a growth spurt we're in a growth spurt it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know it's uncomfortable and that's okay totally Mm So to anyone that's listening and they're just like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like my feet aren't aren't on the ground. I don't know where I am. I don't know what to do next. Just be in the present moment and just like, keep going back to what your vision is. Like, what is your vision for, for your own self? Like, what is that? What is that, that beacon of light? So Mm -hmm. Corinne, for you, it's that producing of the movement and the Mm -hmm. dancing that is that that beacon of light at the end for you. So that's something that you can look, that's that vision. And who cares what the in-between looks like? So people's got to stop getting so goddamn attached to what the how is going to look like. Mm-hmm, because right. yeah, we can have this vision and a target or a goal, but like, don't get married to the in-between part. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's totally. the fun part. That's the fun part. That's when you Process. get to actually really create totally and until you get in it you don't know what the process is going to be like Mm -hmm. so I mean sure yeah have your goals and have things you know things that you want to do but like be open to how it will flow and evolve too and and maybe if we could just explore and have more fun because as dancers we're so used to going in and being like do your plies do your tendus do your like do your drills do your like and this is how you do it and it's it's very structured and step Mm -hmm. one two three four sure there's a time and place for foundations do not get Mm -hmm. me wrong but there is also a time and place for expression and creativity Mm -hmm. and I think if if all you dancers or creatives that are listening just take that moment take a moment to 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 give yourself grace and a, a little bit of a breath, a fresh air, mm-hmm. and to allow that vision and those ideas to come to you, write them down, create a, a you know, a journal or a, you know, a vision board or whatever <laughs> you call it, or even, you know, point form it mm-hmm. and just continue to follow that vision. And ne- that's, that's how I built a life that since day one has has motivated and brought me joy mm-hmm. is just following that whatever that next vision is what's that next idea what's the next wave of creativity and and just actually having fun along the way and really like we all got to stop taking ourselves so seriously because life mm-hmm. is not that like it's serious, but like the more fun we right. can have, so it could be hard and it can be foundation driven and it can be <laughs> five, six, fucking seven, eight, or we can <laughs> just like, <laughs> listen, we know what counts are. Our bodies know, just put on some music. Let's do this. You yeah, know? totally. Yeah. 
And when you talk about that, I mean, you can just like hear how passionate you are about coaching now too, and how much you want to like impart all of this, like empowerment onto other people. Um, Speaking of which, you also have a daughter. Yes. One daughter. I do. Uh, How old is she? She will be five in June. Wow. How? It's Ava. Oh, it's a beautiful name. I love the name. Um, How do you how have you been dealing with the pandemic? Also being an entrepreneur, woman, mom, how has it impacted on what you want to impart onto her? I think just making joy a priority, Mm -hmm. making fun a priority. You know, I'm, I'm lucky that my husband is in a, in a stable Mm -hmm. business and position Um, so I feel for anyone that's not, and there, it's a very stressful situation. Mm. Um, so I, I, I feel for people in that position. So I'm lucky that I, I am, I have the capacity to step back and play mom for a bit. And that's really my number one role Mm. until, cause normally we have other people helping childcare and, Mm. you know, and I have that capacity to work and be a little bit more, but when things like, for example, her school had their first case of COVID. A kid had COVID in her class. Luckily, he's he's well. His family's well. Um, you know, all the other kids, we all tested yeah. negative. But she was off school for two weeks. And it's like, you mm-hmm. literally forget that these things happen. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to mm-hmm. do with a child inside for two weeks? Like for any parents that are also, like any parents that are listening, they're just like, like an eye is twitching and you're just like, ah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean like PTSD and it's because the world was not built for every, for one person to do everything, to be the child caregiver, mm-hmm. to be, you know, the wife that packs the lunch and cleans and, and, you know, to walk the dogs and to, to be a, a life coach and an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and, a, you know, a, you know, a movement coach and a, yeah. a dancer and all these things like, <laughs> all of that at once isn't real. Mm-hmm. So right. to answer your totally. question, going back to, you know, how, how can I just, how am I trying to bring up Ava during this time is just incorporate fun. So mm-hmm. she had the two weeks off school. One of the things that we decided to do, I was like, we're going to do camp Ava. She's an only child and she's going to be an only child. Yeah. And so I did camp Ava and I got her godmother, one of my best friends uh, to go to the dollar store, pick up a bunch of stuff and I had we each had like a hat and I had a whistle and a clipboard and I had like lists (laughs) and every like morning when I was like the dance teacher in me just like came out like I was like dance camp we're just gonna do this (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's not just for her it's also for me like we need to like we need to structure I've just been doing programming for so long as well I'm like we're gonna program this out it's gonna be great (laughs) so she called me coach mama and I actually started doing dance classes with her and so I was like, the first thing I said to her, super old school. I'm like, because she, she watched that, what is that Netflix movie where the girl from New York pushes the choreographer to like dance, feel the beat or some, some cheesy oh, name. I don't know. I don't know. Like, watch. <laughs> she goes, she goes to her. It's one of those, actually, I think it was shot in Toronto. Um, so oh. she, she goes to, she lives in New York and she's, she fights off some old lady for a cab and next thing you know it's the the, the big choreographer and yeah, she's God. getting in trouble being like tiny pretty is it the tiny pretty little things with the bat with the dancers is that what it is 
many pretty little things is she from pretty little things no i it's, I, I was just wondering if that was the show sorry no i don't think no. so no okay. it's something like feel the beat i don't know okay i could be wrong so ava no, it's all good ava ava watched it and she was like so into it so she goes back to her old town and works with the kids they go to these dance competitions i was like oh my god but there's a little piece of me that was like oh my god i'm so into this <laughs> So it's so odd you know it's nostalgic for me um but she was really into it and she was I like the dance routines that are like strong and I was like oh god she's like a little jazzerina I was like okay (laughs) she's like I want to learn how to dance I was like do you know that mama used to be a dance teacher like that and then when the teacher starts giving push-ups to all all the kids I used to be like that too I was brutal I was like you five I don't give a shit (laughs) I was I was like that um and yeah, so I, I started doing like morning, like, like 20, 30 minutes. So I'd be like, what's, what's the first thing that dancers need to practice? She's like, foundations. <laughs> so she started, like, foundations. Yeah. Show me your first position. So she just really learned like three positions and we'd like mm-hmm. freestyle dance and like, yeah. I would work on her, you know, she'd work on her arms and her feet and yeah, oh. it was cute. So just like, you, listen, any parent that's out there, it's a struggle. It's like, there's moms especially like there's just so much that weight of decisions just decisions like what is the family going to eat for all three meals today can't even do that now and it's just me and my partner (laughs) right (laughs) yeah right so it's like you know programming is key it's like Mm -hmm. set it and forget it and just find the fun in between Mm. so if anyone's out there and just struggling with with schedule even whether you have kids or not like create a schedule for yourself set it and forget it get into the habit get into the habits of of what are you doing for yourself every day because self-care by the way is not baths bath bombs and and you know face masks massages (laughs) and face masks yeah it's not it's it's actually taking care of yourself and and keeping yourself accountable and you know, and by doing that, you're going to gain the confidence and by gaining the confidence, you're going to have energy to move mm-hmm. onto that and mm-hmm. to move from, from step to step to step. So yeah, that's awesome. Long winded answer. That's no, right. that's great. Um, Corinne, do you want to ask the question? Carla is being an artist fucking killing you. It sure killed my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yes and no. You know, it's it's always it's always an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's that finding it and it's inspiring and it's amazing. And then you own it. You're like, this is like what I'm doing and who I am and where I'm at. And like, there's all sorts of finger snaps going on and like struts and <laughs> and then there's moments where you lose it, whether it's. Mm whether it's your flow or your passion or the pandemic hits and you literally lose your business. And then it's about evolving it and going, mm-hmm. okay, where am I now? And where do I look to be? And what, you know, what, what else is possible? What, what can I take from me from my old, you know, world, my old life and, mm-hmm. and how can I process it forward? What, what is, what is worthy to to bring with me mm-hmm. and what makes sense to to pass on to other people mm-hmm. and uh repeat mm-hmm. that's great that's, that's so perfect yeah. that is a beautiful answer thank, thank you, you carla so much so 
So nice. Um, if people wanted to find you or like hire you as a coach or anything, where would they find you? Find me on Instagram. <laughs> Carla Catherwood. There's a space between the, the first name and the last name. Both with the C. You can also find me at carlacatherwood.com. And um, yeah, there's more to come. There's a lot. I'm just, you know, I, I just recently said goodbye to a 20 year old body of work. And I'm just in the very beginning process of building my next body. So I'm, I know it will have to do with community. It will have to do with coaching and teaching because I will forever be a teacher. You know, I started when I was 13. I will teach the day I die something, anything. Mm -hmm. and uh, movement will always be a part of my repertoire. So what that looks like in the future, stay tuned because it, it will not be heels. Um, it will <laughs> like you said, those, those shoes are in Vancouver shoes. somewhere. <laughs> those shoes are literally still at Celebrities Nightclub, hanging up on some like vanity somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Thank you Perfect. so much. Thank you. Um, if you like this episode, if you had any questions, go check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to us. Also, please go check out our Patreon. We have exclusive content for our Patreons and it gives you a little bit more way of a support. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>